I'm really excited about today's show because conflict can be such a painful, frustrating experience. And today you're going to get some really concrete but unique perspective on how to turn your conflict into an opportunity to grow closer rather than further apart. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey, everybody, this is episode number 103, and we are going to be giving you a new perspective on conflict today. So, last week, We talked about three essential principles for in-law relationships. And if you missed that, be sure to go back and grab it. And also make sure you hit that subscribe button in your podcast player so you don't miss any of our shows because, you know, you so don't want to miss any of them. Absolutely not. So this topic today came from one of our patrons who asked, how can we do conflict as if we're passionate about solving the same problem instead of having it something that's against each other? Okay. That's like turning them against each other, I'm assuming that's saying. Yeah, so the two of them are conflict. They're fighting each other. And it's like, well, how can we actually fight the problem instead of fight each other? Right. We could be as passionate about fighting the problem as we are about fighting each other. Yes. And that's the thing is it's a great question because that's the shift that you want to achieve when you're in conflict, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I thought for Linda, the first thing we should do is talk about conflict styles because this is not necessarily a personality thing as much as a habit thing, Mm -hmm. which really means that, you know, if you don't have the right style, the first thing I'm going to do is ask you to change your style. Okay. And it's not letting go any of your personhood. No, it's just, it's kind of how we do things and we can change how we do things, right? Sometimes we think that we're locked into this or we only have this one way of doing conflict, but it's not actually like that. Okay. So there's a very insightful study from just a couple of years ago. It really helps us to understand how conflict works and, and how we can kind of talk about the subject of conflict styles. And there's a collaborative style of conflict, which mm-hmm. is where you're collaborating. Really? Yes. <laughs> Okay. And other styles where you're just against each other. So okay. that's the shift. So let's unpack this. So the first thing to understand is I found this great definition and it's a little, it's one of those ones where you have to stop and think for a moment, but it's just this conflict is what happens when one person perceives the other person is frustrating their own concerns. Okay. Okay. As in whew, over the head or okay. As in, well, oh, okay. I'm, I'm as in, that. I forgot the first part by the time I got through processing okay. the second part. Conflict is what happens yes. when one person perceives that the other person is frustrating their own concerns. So when I think you're frustrating my concerns, yeah. now we're in a conflict. When, oh. you're, when I think you're getting in the way of what I'm concerned about, that's when we have conflict. Hmm. It's actually a really okay. good definition. Yeah, right? I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All good? Yeah. So <laughs> if I like irritate you right now and I change the topic... Then we would have some conflict going on. Yeah, because I have somewhere that I'm trying to go and you're frustrating that. Yeah, and I'm like talking about the weather. No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) So, But I got it. Yeah, whenever I kind of get in the way or I prevent or I I obstruct or interfere with your actions, with your goals, even with how you want to think about something, then we have the possibility or we actually have conflict going on. Okay. Okay. So that's kind of a definition for conflict. Now, inside of conflict itself, there's two dimensions that are at play. And just bear with me here because this becomes very important. So the first dimension is assertiveness. And this is about how concerned you are with your own outcomes Hmm. and willing to state them, okay? 
And the second dimension is cooperativeness. And this is about how concerned you are with the outcomes of your spouse. Hmm. So it's really mm-hmm. my agenda versus your agenda and how concerned I am with each of those. And we all have this, think of this like, you know, those little audio meters, like on your podcast player or whatever, where you got the left and right channels bouncing up and down from green to red. Yeah. Well, you kind of got these two channels going on. One's assertiveness, one's cooperativeness. One is my agenda. One is your agenda. Oh boy, that's four now. That's the same thing in different words. It's two. Oh, assertiveness assertiveness is my agenda. Cooperativeness is whether I'm willing to cooperate with your agenda. Oh, good grief. Okay. Yep. Right. And so I can be high on one side and low on the other. I can be high on both. I can be low on both. And this is what we're going to talk about for a moment. Hmm. Okay. Got it. So there's these two things, assertiveness and cooperativeness. Okay. I already got that. Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of recollecting <laughs> myself here. Don't frustrate my concerns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you, <laughs> you've messed me up here. Okay. So when you, when you lay these things over each other. Nobody uh, can see your hands. Because. Yeah, when you lay these things over each other, almost like a grid, okay? Okay. Then what happens is you get four possibilities. Yeah, okay. Making sense? Yeah, because you have high in both, and then high in one, low in the other, and then low on that one, high in the other, and then low on both. Yes, thank you. Now, on that grid of four, one is healthy, two are not so great, and one is just plain bad for your marriage. Okay. Okay. So the best style is the collaborative style. This is the style that's high on both dimensions. This is what you want to be. It is assertive and it's cooperative. So I'm both okay. asserting what I'm concerned about and I'm very interested in what you're concerned about. Okay. I'm just as yeah, concerned yeah, yeah. about that as I am about my own needs or my own issues at the moment, right? Huh, okay. So this is the best style for marriage. And that kind of looks like openness and information is exchanged freely. It's moving back and forth between us because like I'm really saying what I want and I'm really making sure I get to understand what you want. And I'm listening. Yes, I'm giving you time for that. Okay. And I'm giving you some truth claim. That's what it is. I've never heard that before. What? I'm allowing that you have claim to the truth as well, because you have perspective that's real. Absolutely, I do. Okay. And this, if you think about this, what this is trying to do is produce a win-win for both sides. Yeah. And that comes out when we place equal emphasis on my interests and on your interests. Right. Okay. So this is the collaborative style. And just to emphasize that, because it's the best. Now, there's two that were not so great. One is avoidance. Avoidance is low on both dimensions. So it's the other extreme of what we just talked about. So you're neither very assertive. You're not really putting mm-hmm, out your thing mm-hmm. there. Nor are you terribly cooperative because you're not really pulling out your spouse's perspective. Ooh. So you never really get to the bottom of things. Yep. But on the other hand, maybe you don't have a lot of conflict or else it's not very intense. Like this is a very muted marriage, but it's also a very probably frustrating one because they're never getting down to the root of the matter. Hmm. Very muted marriage. That's like ours. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Yeah. Okay. And then there's accommodation. Yep. Accommodation is, this is like our marriage where I'm very low on assertive behavior and I'm very high on cooperative behavior. And that leads to the doormat feeling, which I'm very well acquainted with. Oh, give me a break. (laughs) Okay. But the worst one is what they call the competitive style. This is is, more you. Oh yeah. (laughs) Which is where I'm high on assertiveness. So I'm really stating my truth claim, but I'm low on cooperativeness. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, in all seriousness, this is this is kind of like bullying or, you know what I mean? They call it the competitive style. Maybe I shouldn't say bullying. Maybe for some people it's bullying and maybe for some people they just kind of have to win. It's like a control well, issue. Yeah, but we don't necessarily need to get, like, I think there's some good people in this quadrant. Yeah. Two? Yeah. And there's some people that really need to deal with their junk, but there's also some good people that are just kind of naturally competitive and they just want to get their peace out there and they're not... They need to learn to invite their spouse to bring their piece in as well. Mm, okay. Yep. 
So those, those are the four quadrants. Now, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious which one's best, the collaborative style. But we actually have research to back this up, so we don't need to use our opinions. So uh, research from 2000 has shown that collaborative conflict management style, this style has the highest correlation with both marital satisfaction and spousal satisfaction with conflict in the marriage. It means it's best for your marriage and it's best for your spouse. Oh, okay. That's so, good. Yeah. In contrast, where one or both of the spouses use the competitive conflict style, that's the bad one. Yeah. That was the lowest marital satisfaction was reported there. Oh, interesting. So think about you and your spouse. Where do you fall on this quadrant? Assertiveness versus collaboration. Mm-hmm. Where do you come into that? And think about where your spouse falls on it. Yeah, I think you... Oh, you're not asking me. No, go ahead if you want. <laughs> well, I think you're a lot higher on the collaborative style. And I think I would be a little bit more competitive. Yeah. But just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Only in a very modest, healthy way. Oh, Caleb. Yes. I, I should you notice have how even, collaborative I was about that? I shouldn't have even started. See, I get too into this and I think you're talking to me and then Why? I answer. That's good. Okay. So where are we going with this? We could turn this into a live therapy. Caleb, show. let's just keep moving. <laughs> Hour long sessions every week. Okay. So this is the start though of how couples can start shifting towards fighting the problem, problem. instead of fighting each other. Because mm-hmm. if your spouse is naturally competitive, <laughs> now I'm going to have to bring this in. She, uh, he, it could be a he. It could be a he, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yes, dear. Um, I know I totally lost my train of thought. Okay. So let's keep going. Yeah, that's, that's good. Because I'm sure there's more good info ahead. <laughs> Well, the other part here is that fighting is also about goals. Okay. So you got the styles thing. Yeah. And let's put a grid up on our blog post for this so people, visual people can see that. Okay. okay? But fighting is also about goals. So this is another concept that's also at play here. And usually as couples, we have no idea that this part is going on. So we just talked about styles. We talked about how that impacts conflict, but also we have these goals that account for another dimension that's going on in conflict. Now, all behavior is goal oriented, meaning that what I do is pointing at something. There's something that I want from my behavior. But what happens is that in the middle of our arguments, we often don't know what our goals are. I can, I can see that that would be true. We, like we forget about them in the heat yeah. of the moment, right? But the other thing is they change. I was just going to say that. What were you going to say about it? Well, sometimes when I'm in the heat of the moment, very calmly collaborating, uh-huh. It's like, if you agree with me a little bit too much, it's like the argument is the issue here. It's more about winning. Yeah. And so yes. I might need to change a little or... Yes. So let me give you an example of that from a, a journal article from 99. Because these... we can't relate to this at all. <laughs> this is about other people. Okay. So they say, and I'm going to read this out here, consider a relatively common conflict, which is a couple arguing over directions while traveling. And again, I can't imagine this happens in marriages, but both partners want to get to the destination. So that's a goal. That's a shared goal. Yeah. Okay. And neither seems to benefit from arguing about directions. That's all obvious and clear at the start, right? Like you Mm -hmm. can sit down, turn the car on and say, look, honey, we both want to get there. We don't want to argue about directions. Right. Because who's going to sit down and say, let's have a good fight about how. Yeah. Yeah. But as I'm going to read here again, as it becomes clear that they are not on the correct road, here they go again. He becomes angry and asks why she cannot read a simple map. She retorts that there is nothing wrong with her map reading that he must have missed a turn. (laughs) That's good. 
emphasis. So they progress, they, or they progress. I don't know if they progress or progress, but they go through several increasingly hostile reproach denial cycles where he reproaches her, she denies back until she suggests that they stop and ask someone for directions. Wise woman. Go on. He drives on in stony silence, even angrier than he was prior to her suggestion. Everything happens quickly. And upon later inquiry, neither partner reports planning what they did, but both report a considerable number of very negative thoughts about the other in the silence that followed the brief eruption. I'm getting deja vu all over. (laughs) Except I can't remember where it was. Was that in uh, Minneapolis? We just did this. It was in Regina, I think. Like last weekend? Yeah. Where? Mm. Anyways. Oh, no, it was in Melfort. Melfort. Yes. Trying to get to town and you're on some back road and then you're like four buying through the thing and got my truck all dirty. Oh, yeah. Not that it's a big deal. But our goal was the same to get there. Yes. Right very, there? Yes. Yes. So in situations such as this, apparently a couple can stop and see how their goals changed in the middle of the situation. So the husband, at some point, his goal switched from focusing on finding his way to focusing on whose fault it was for being lost. That's a change of goals. Oh. In the argument, right? Yep. And the wife could consider at what point her goal shifted from focusing on helping her husband find the way to defending herself and counterattacking. Mm-hmm. So this is what happens. And this is why we also, you know, we have the other thing with collaboration and assertiveness, but we also need to think about how our goals shift. Because these researchers found that conflict behavior in distressed couples often comes out of self-protective goals. Like I want to reestablish the fact that we're equals, that we're you know, that I'm not the idiot and you're the wise navigator. You know what I mean? That sounded good. <laughs> no, I'm trying to establish that's not the case. Oh, sorry. I thought you said that was. No, that's self-protective, right? Because I don't, I don't enjoy feeling like the idiot. No. And having you as sort of the queen of navigation. Right? <laughs> so these, right. these self-protective goals, they come into play or we have avoidance goals where like we're trying to avoid harm. So I'm going to shut down because I don't want to harm the marriage. That becomes a goal. Oh, right. But these things give, they actually cause the, or they exacerbate the conflict behavior. Okay. And we've lost track of the fact that we're just trying to get to where we want it to go. Right. Now in non-distressed couples, when they get into this situation, they end up using problem resolution goals and relationship enhancement goals, meaning that they're just trying to solve the problem of getting there and they're trying to do it in a way that keeps the marriage healthy and happy. Right. They still like each other at the end of it. Yeah. And this is the tricky part, though, because the types of goals you want to have and you need to have are not accessible to you since you're already distressed, like you're already in the conflict. So it's really hard to get back to there. Yeah. And this is where couples get really stuck in their marriages when this has become a pattern and a habit and a cycle for them. And that's where you need to get to be working with a counselor like myself. Right. Or a therapist, someone who does marriage counseling specifically. And I do, I'm going to make a pitch here. I offer remote sessions via Skype video connection. So it's a great way to work through the conflict cycle in your marriage and get out of that and change that to a new, healthy, sort of marriage enhancing, marriage building cycle, right? You can actually do this. So I'm going to say here though, it's not like every time they have a conflict, you need to talk to a counselor, but talking to a counselor can teach you how to get, teach you how to teach yourself kind of to get out of that cycle. Yes. Okay. It can help you find a new cycle. But at the very least, I think just listening to this podcast episode, think about the goals that you're aiming for while you're in conflict. Like you can do this live while you're in it. Yeah. Yeah. And watch how those goals change and catch yourself there and stay with the kinds of goals that help solve the problem and help build the marriage. 
Mm-hmm. Instead of allowing yourself to go to goals that are about protecting myself or avoiding conflict, mm-hmm. that those are the ones that keep the marriage stuck right? and feeling unpleasant. Yeah. I think just even that, like the, you know, the defensiveness episode we had yep. and just saying you might be right. Yeah. Being willing to say that. You know, like when she's ragging on you that you took the wrong turn, you know, you might be right. Yeah. So what should we do now? Yeah. Or something. Yeah. Rather than. And she'll say stop for directions and he'll be like, nah, I don't feel like doing that. <sighs> yeah. Let's just keep going <laughs> on the podcast. Because he's a man. <laughs> okay. So goals, right? And this is yep. really about the goals for the conflict that you're in, how you want that discussion to end or what's important for you. That's what you need to think about. Like, do I, do I want this discussion to end well, or is it more important to self-protect? Do I want to enrich our marriage through this challenge that we're facing? Or do I just want to avoid conflict or I want to... Just want to win. Yes. Hmm. Which is more important to you. So goals are just this really nice thing to think about. It's really powerful. Now, there's one kind of overarching thing above this, which is... I talked about goals in the argument, right? Yeah. But some of the things that marriages get stuck on are not just we got lost and we're trying to find how to get to where we're going. Yeah. But these bigger things that we keep coming back to. And that is, these usually tie back to overarching goals for my life, for my marriage. Like it's more like the trajectory of where we're going as a couple over the long term. Do we want to have, you know, how do we want to retire Oh, okay. okay. How are we, how are we going to raise our kids? How do we want to church our kids? Okay. All those kinds of things. Okay. Yeah. So this is important because often when we have conflict, we aren't actually talking about these deeper undercurrents and they are very, very powerful influencers in our conflict. Hmm. That making sense here? Yeah. So these huge overarching goals yeah. are actually really deep undercurrents. Yeah. Sorry. I got you on both sides of the water visual there. Yeah. Okay. Well, why don't you keep going and I'll see if I can get my head around this. Okay. So a study from 2013 revealed that having joint goals on these bigger things yeah. helps couples better solve problems together. Okay. So just knowing that you have shared goals, these big goals, that makes you more motivated to use collaborative problem-solving strategies. Hmm. So this, right? like, are these types of things like, like honesty or something like that? Like I want my marriage to be a place of safety and honesty. And yes. like, are those the type of goals you're talking about too? Yeah. Okay. Can be that thing. Or again, we know like people conflict a lot about kids and raising children, right? Yeah. So think about, uh, you know, maybe we have a shared goal. If we want our kids to be respectful. Yeah. But we could have a, a situation where one of us sees what they're doing as disrespectful and the other doesn't. And right. we could end up having conflict about that. But if we can kind of circle back to understanding that, look, we both want the same goal, which is respectful children. Yeah. And so maybe in that, even though I don't think it's respectful, if you do, I'm going to honor your perspective because our worst case scenario is we get a more respectful child because it's, you know, we've kind of, right. okay. you know, we're, we're taking the highest common denominator, if you will. Okay. Okay. Not that you want to put too much pressure on the kid, but you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is really important. And I, I kind of thought of an example of this, even like in a business context, sometimes it's easier to think about this outside of your relationship. Yeah. So in a business context, if the people solving the problem at work, if they have a common goal, that discussion goes way better than if they all have their own private agendas. Yes. Okay. Or different goals or goals that point in different directions. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's the same in marriage. When couples get clarity on key goals, and either those goals are the same or they agree to honor each other's goals, then you're no longer fighting about, but you're fighting for something. So fighting this for these goals. 
together. Mm. This is where we come back full circle to where we started. Okay. Which is how to fight the problem instead of fighting each other yeah. over the problem. Okay. So as I mentioned, these researchers who did the study a couple of years ago, they found that how couples fought changed when they had many joint goals. Hmm. And Do you think couples can have these goals and maybe just have never voiced them and talked about them? Yeah. So even just having those discussions can change the way they yes. have conflict. Yes. Okay. Precisely. Uh, we have a worksheet for that. Oh. So I'm going I'm to get to that in one second. Okay. Here. But these couples having these joint goals, they were far more collaborative instead of being oppositional, like against each other. Hmm. And that essentially is the answer to the question that we're dealing with today, which is how do we fight the problem itself rather than fighting about the problem? It's through these joint goals. Wow. Okay. Okay. When you first told me about this, I so thought you were like totally avoiding the question and like doing the switch and bait thing. And Go But I can see now uh, where you're going. See yeah. where I'm going? I think so. Okay. Now, couples are asking what you just brought up for Linda when they're listening to this, which is how do we clarify these goals? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's two parts to this. I'm going to give you the steps here to do this, but to really do this properly, I'd like you to get a copy of our goal setting worksheet. And okay. that's available on our website. Uh, it's available to our email subscribers and you can become one by going to the blog post for this episode at oyf.link slash 103103. Or if you're on the go, you have your cell phone, you can still pull that up there, or you can just text the word podcast to 9292 spouse. And you'll get a couple texts back asking you for your information. That's just so we can get you signed up and get this information to you. If you have to pay for text messages to US numbers, the usual rates will apply. But once again, there's two ways to get the worksheet. Either go to the blog post for this episode at oif.link slash 103 using a web browser, or you can send a text message with just the word podcast to 9292 spouse. Now, once you get that worksheet, here's the parts that you need to think through. There's six things here. And I'll just, I'll just do these fairly quickly because we're running out of time, but feel okay. free to clarify if I need to. Okay. First of all, consider the value of setting goals in your marriage. Are you both on board with this? Because there's no point continuing on this if you're not. On board with what? Setting goals. Oh, okay. Like one of you might want to clarify this and the other might not care. And that's like, don't even bother trying. That's your first step. (laughs) Okay. So you got to make sure you're both on board with doing this exercise. Okay. Secondly, look at the relationship of new goals to existing goals. Goals that you already have or new goals that you're bringing in. You have to say, are these consistent? Because sometimes our goals don't align or they go in opposite directions. And if that's the case, something needs to change. Mm, They need to have those hard discussions or difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you've kind of got everything, once you've got those lined up, you need to write out a list of overarching goals for your family or marriage. So just write them down. And that's a great exercise just to actually get them down onto paper. Hmm. And then the next step is to break them down into smaller or more concrete goals. Smart goals. Yep. And then the next step, discuss the difficulty of the goals, your ability to move towards them and how committed you are to them. Yeah. And then the last step is next time you're in conflict, bring out this worksheet with these goals on it. Hmm. Identify what you're fighting for Mm -hmm. and then think about how you can move towards that collaboratively. Hmm. Now you've, you see how you've kind of shifted your approach to what you're fighting about now? And you're saying, hey, does this still matter to this? Is this still, or has something changed with our goals, right? So now this is kind of starting to come out on the table and we're kind of getting past the layers of, I just need to defend myself now because I'm feeling offended to what's really going on here. Right. And this is the goal we both want. Yeah. How are we going to get there? Yes. That's good. All good? Sure. Okay. That's all I had for that today. So make sure you pick up that worksheet. 
OAF.link slash 103 or send a text message with the word podcast to 9292 spouse. Do you want to cover the review? Yeah, we got another review on iTunes. Yes. Helpful with wit and warmth. Five stars by C. Edwards 1208, who says, have tried a few podcasts on marriage and this one is the winner. The hosts stay on point and provide helpful information with practical application that you can use immediately to strengthen your marriage. They deliver it with wit, warmth, and compassion. Thank you for this wonderful resource. So that's very encouraging. Yes, it is. Thank you for your feedback. We really appreciate it. Yeah. If you want to get involved in helping our awesome mission to save marriages through our podcast, we'd like to ask you to contribute to our crowdfunding campaign. We want to reach 5,000 marriages a week through this podcast, and we can't do that without your help. And for even $5 a month, you can help us move towards making that a reality. Please go to oyf.link slash give to learn more about how you can help us reach more marriages. And once again, that web address is oyf.link slash give. And we've got some special ways of acknowledging your contribution listed out on that page. So please take a look and consider how you can help us out today. So next week, what are we talking about? We are talking about how to recover from betrayal. Oh. Yeah. So make sure you join us for that show as well. That's an unfortunate reality in too many marriages. Mm -hmm. And we want to help you through it. We did one similar to this, did we not? Yeah, we've touched on this topic before. And when I sent this to our researcher, I said, hey, look, we did this back over here. So just go back and look at that. And let's make sure we come at this from a new angle. Okay. With some fresh research. So it's going to be good. Yeah. So that's all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 103. Remember, we are here to help build thriving, passionate marriages. So if this was helpful to you, we'd love it if you could help us spread the word and share this with others who would also be blessed by it. Thanks. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.